I know that is one of your favorites. Amen. Praise the Lord. All right. <clears throat> oh, I promise you I will try not to pain you too much with the uh, coughing and the spitting and sputtering and all of those things up here this afternoon, but I think it'll be a little bit shorter message than... <laughs> Notice how I did not commit to that it's going to be a shorter message, but I said I think it might be a little bit shorter. Anyway, let's open our Bibles together this afternoon, turning to the last portion of Mark chapter 12, if you would please. <clears throat> Mark chapter 12. As I was thinking about today and this message and this last day of the year as, as we count it on a, on a calendar basis, <clears throat> I thought it... This is rather befitting uh, that we are at a point when God has allowed us to close out this chapter as we close out this year. But more than that, we've often heard that there is great benefit at the end of each day to take a moment to take stock of what your day was like. To see whether we would find it satisfactory or whether it was more than just satisfactory, whether it was very fulfilling, or perhaps it was not nearly as fulfilling as we had hoped at the beginning of that day. <clears throat> well, today, as we anticipate, in just a few hours, we get to roll the calendar over, we get to sign the checks 2024, it's a whole brand new year. Don't forget to sign your checks 2024 next year. Anyway, it's a whole new year, as we anticipate it, I find it almost natural that we consider what this last year has been for each of us. I think at the end of the year, we kind of, we think about that, because then it goes over to the new year, and what are my new year's resolutions going to be? Well, what did I do last year? And we sort of just kind of naturally have those thoughts. But perhaps this last year held for you some times of great joy and excitement. Did you have some great times of joy and excitement this last year? I trust that you did. In great, uh, indeed, maybe it was a great sense of fulfillment or accomplishment or enjoyment. Times that we really do like to remember and hold on to for as long as we can possibly remember those. Perhaps this last year held for you some difficulties that we would much rather not remember and just try to move on hoping for better days ahead. Whatever the case, whether you want to remember or whether you want to forget, whatever the case, it is still good to consider what has been so that we can consider how we handled those times whether they were better or worse, in light of how God would have us to handle those kinds of things and grow thereby. Now that was a great big long sentence to say, how did you do? <laughs> did you do with the situations that you encountered last year the way God wanted you to handle those? Did everything that came along into your life, was it handled with the grace of God? Or did you handle it and then have to go to God and confess, like I did many times. It must be, it must be from that kind of a basis 
where we have been and where we are today. That is the basis that we must use to begin to look ahead and to press on. Where have we been? Where are we? And where are we going from here? As Paul wrote, pressing on toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. The truth of this life is that we are all given a high calling of God when we receive Christ as our Savior. Wait, really? Yeah. We are all given a high calling of God when we receive Christ as our Savior in that, as we see in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, he says, ye shall receive power after that ye, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me. And you know what the rest of that verse says. No matter where you are, no matter where you go, and no matter what circumstance you might find yourself in. That's what the rest of that verse says. Well, okay, I paraphrase that. But that's what it means. After that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, ye shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the world. <clears throat> the question, I suppose, for today is, in this last year, how have we done in being that witness for Christ? And can we do better at being a witness for Christ as we go into the rest of today and then into tomorrow, the new day, the new month, the new year? Well, let's read our text. And then I'm going to give you a moment to probably scratch your head a little bit and try to figure out why I've introduced the message this way. But let's look at our text. Mark chapter 12, starting in verse number 41. The Bible here tells us, as Mark records, And Jesus sat over against the treasury and beheld how the people cast money into the treasury, and many that were rich cast in much. And there came a certain poor widow, and she threw in two mites, which make a farthing. And he called unto him his disciples, and saith unto them, Verily I say unto you, that this poor widow hath cast more in than all they which have cast into the treasury, for all they did cast in of their abundance, but she of her want did cast in all that she had, even all her living. So scratch your head for a minute. Now he was talking about where we are, where we were, where we're going in this next year, and then we'd read this passage about tithing. How does those go together? Well, I'm glad you're scratching your head and figuring that out. Because <laughs> I titled today's message, All In with Christ. All In with Christ. And now you may be wondering whether this will be some weak plea, because we just read a thing about tithing, a weak plea for you to give more money to the church for some big project that we're going to be doing. I assure you it is not that. We don't do that. We will touch on the tithing principle today as it is recorded here. Yes, this passage illustrates in part the tithing principle. But the key phrase that I believe that we should focus on today, and we'll focus on it here in just a little bit, is how much the widow gave to the Lord. Not, not the monetary value of how much she gave. But the very final phrase of our text Look at the very last words of this chapter. Even all her living is what she cast in. Let's pray. Father in heaven, as we look to this message today, 
God, I'd ask that your Holy Spirit would help us. Lord, open our hearts and open our minds, open our understanding, Father, for what you would have us to glean from this passage today. Lord, there's no possible way that I can explain everything that you have meant by this. But God, as your spirit leads, won't you help us, Lord, to take a look at where we are and what we're doing in your name and what we're doing with our Savior. Father God, help us today to be all in as we close out this last year, checking where we have been, where we are today, and Lord, where we are going until you come back. Father, won't you guide and direct today, and we ask it in Jesus' precious name. Amen. So starting today with the first point, there's only two points, but the first point I've got is just the tithe worship. Now it's clear and evident from our text that Jesus, still being in the temple here in Jerusalem, and having answered, as we've studied over the last many weeks, having answered several less than honest questions by the scribes and the Pharisees, it's clear and evident he is now simply observing those who are coming and going from the temple. And the Bible tells us here in verse 41 that Jesus sat over against the treasury and beheld how the people cast money into the treasury. Now, notice the language, if you will, that God inspired here for this record. The statement is not that Jesus watched to see whether anyone would, nor how many would give into the treasury, or how many would not. Give. That's not what was recorded. God inspired that Jesus observed how people cast into the treasury. That is, that Jesus beheld the manner. He, he looked at the heart's attitude as people came and gave into the work of God in the temple. He looked at the cheerfulness of the heart, as it were, as these were worshiping. Because as you and I well know, or if you don't know, let me tell you that the tithe is merely a means of worship between you and God. Now Paul writes in 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 7, Every man according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. So the Bible tells us in our text that Jesus beheld how the people cast into the treasury. Tithing was a principle that was established long before Jesus ever walked the earth. In fact, we find, in the, we find the ordinance even as early as Genesis chapter 14 when Abram gave tithes of all that he had to Melchizedek, the high priest. Then in Malachi chapter 3, we also find, actually turn there with me. If you would hold your finger here, turn over to Malachi chapter 3. I just want you to see this from the word of God. <clears throat> Excuse me. Malachi chapter 3, find your way down to start in verse number 7. The Bible here tells us that even from the days of your fathers, ye are gone away from mine ordinances and have not kept them. Return unto me, and I will return unto you, saith the Lord of hosts. But ye said, wherein shall we return? And verse 8 says, will a man rob God? Yet ye have robbed me. But ye say, wherein have we robbed thee? 
in tithes and offerings. Ye are cursed with a curse, for ye have robbed me, even this whole nation. Verse 10 says, Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house, and prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. The tithing principle was established way back when, a long time before Jesus was walking the earth and observing how these were casting into the treasury. Friends, if God considered it robbery when you and I don't tithe and give offerings in light of all that God has done on our behalf, then we would do well to consider this matter as importantly as God does. I will not stand here and tell you that this church nor should any other church ever counsel you on how you deal with your tithe to God. That is a principle that God has recorded that is for each one of us to pray and ask God to lead us into how do we do so. And we'll answer to God. You won't answer to this church. You won't answer to me. You won't answer to a treasurer anywhere. We will, however, give account to God for the things that God has written in his word. Amen. Amen. Praise do be to God. For we have seen here how God has blessed this ministry for the faithful giving that he has instilled into many hearts, both here and those whom God has touched through our live streaming service. We've seen God's blessings as people are faithful to God. Well, in our study text, God does also acknowledge this as well, in the last part of verse 41, he says, And many there were, many that were rich, cast in much. He acknowledged that there are many that give. But note, if you will, that what caught the Lord's attention was the widow. It didn't catch the Lord's attention that there were so many that were giving so much to the church. He has to acknowledge it, but he, the widow caught his attention. Not because of the grand value of what she gave, but because of her heart in the matter. Verse 42 says, And then came a certain poor widow, and she threw in two mites, which make a farthing. You see, it was a significantly small value. But look with me what Jesus said and what he taught his disciples about that gift. Verses 43 and 44, the Bible tells us, and he called unto him his disciples. He didn't, he didn't call this out in front of all of the masses that were in the temple. He taught his disciples. He said unto them, Verily I say unto you, that this poor widow hath cast in more than all they which have cast into the treasury. Verse 44, he says, For they all did cast in of their abundance, but she of her want did cast in all that she had. <clears throat> now those who were rich... They were coming and they were giving much. But by the text that I read here, they would give after all of their other responsibilities were met. Jesus said they did cast in of their abundance. That means that they gave a part of what was left over. So it really didn't impact them in a meaningful way. There was no need to trust God for anything at that point with what they were giving. 
They could have all of their indulgences. And then, well, we're going to give to the temple. And look how much we're giving to the temple in a grand gesture. <clears throat> Isn't it true that we've seen over the course of the gospel that the Pharisees and the scribes love to appear in their long robes? They love the salutations in the marketplace. They love to put on a show. And I feel like, based on this text, that the many that were there giving because they were rich were doing so just because they could and wanted everybody to see how much they were supporting the church. But that didn't matter to the Lord. What mattered to the Lord was a poor widow that probably could not have gone and bought herself for the supplies that she needed. But because she knew the tithing principle was that important to God, brought her last and gave it to God. Those who were rich gave of their abundance. They gave to the temple in a grand gesture of kindness. But this poor widow... couldn't have bought herself the provisions that she might have needed. Probably couldn't have bought groceries for the week with two mites. But she found it more important to obey God than to serve herself or her own needs. She put all of her trust in the Lord God to provide for her needs. Recognizing that God could do so much more with what she gave than what she could have done by keeping it. Don't misunderstand. Please, please don't misunderstand. I'm not up here preaching that we all need to take our whole paycheck and dump it into the church and let God take care of our needs. That's not what I'm saying. We have responsibilities and God has given us a mind of wisdom, but we are to give God first. That's the tithing principle. That's the tithing worship. God doesn't want us to be reckless or cavalier with what he has blessed us with. The tithing principle, as it is stated in Genesis chapter 28, verse 22, the second part of that verse says, And of all that thou shalt give me, I will surely give the tenth unto thee. That's all God requires. What this widow had, these two mites, they couldn't be divided any smaller. There was no smaller denomination. So she simply cast all her care on the Lord, knowing that it was an important matter of obedience to trust God to meet her needs as he saw fit. So she cast it all in. Which brings us to the second point, the living worship. I mentioned a few moments ago that I thought the last phrase of this chapter should serve as our focus. In the second part of verse 44 it says, Of her want she did cast in all that she had. And that would have certainly made the point if it had ended there concerning the monetary gift. She cast in all that she had. But Jesus went further and he added to that. He said, even all her living. And the understanding of that is that she gave all her living to God. Now, we often think of the term in context with making a living. Do you make a living? Do I make a living? How much do we make for a living? That's, we always think of that as our monetary income. And do we make a living wage? 
which is really just the financial part of it. But the word here in this text, the word living here in the text in the Greek is bios. B-I-O-S, bios. And it literally means her life. Her present state of existence. Even all her living she gave to God. Now I don't believe Jesus included this statement as a matter of emphasizing the importance of just giving the money that we may earn. I don't believe that God has ever compartmentalized any part of our life. To say, okay, we're going to serve God with the money, but over here I don't need to serve God with my life. God doesn't compartmentalize anything. There is no compartmentalization. That's a great big word. I don't know why I like saying that so much. There's no divisions in the Bible. There's no little cubby for this and a little cubby for that in the Bible. God wants to be part of all of our life. All aspects of us. Every last bit from the money we make to the people we speak to to the advice that we give, to the prayers that we pray before God. God wants to be a part of all of it. God is omnipresent. He is everywhere that God can possibly be. He is everywhere that there is to possibly be. He is everywhere and he desires to be our God in every aspect of our life. Romans chapter 12 and verse 1 tells us, I beseech you therefore, brethren, that you present your bodies. What is that next three words? A living sacrifice. Holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And in Colossians chapter 3 and verse 17 we read, And whatsoever you do, in word or deed, the Bible says, whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. So it's a living worship. What caught the Lord's attention was this widow who recognized it was more important to trust God than to trust what she might have been able to, to scrounge with two little mites. The point of all of this, God is not looking for a world full of stoics on a secluded retreat somewhere that are just sitting there and chanting holy, holy, holy is God. God in this world is looking for us, for you and for me to be his witnesses in every facet of life, every vocation, as Pastor said this morning. Whatever it is that you do, God says you shall be witnesses unto me. He's looking for you and me to be witnesses in every facet of life and vocation who are, as Paul states, he's looking for those who are not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation for everyone that believeth, both to the Jew first and also to the Greek. It doesn't matter who you are. God says we are to witness, just witness. Wherever you go, whatever you do, whatever you say, whomever you interact with, whatever task you have to accomplish, do it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And do it as a matter of worship. Living worship as this widow, even all her living. So what are we to do? Take stock. Take stock of this last year. 
It's the last day. In fact, let's see, we're at almost 2 o'clock. That means we have just, just a barely over 10 hours. All right, so you got 10 hours to take stock of this whole last year. How did you do? How did I do? Were we all in with our Savior? Friends, can I tell you something? Jesus Christ, when he came to this earth and lived under the law and fulfilled the entire bit of the law and went to the cross, was all in for you and for me. Are we all in for Jesus? Are we all in with Christ, our Savior and our Redeemer? Or, as we take stock, were there moments in which I was, and maybe you were too, a little bit more selfish? Christian, we have no right to be selfish, none whatsoever. For we were bought with a price. We were bought with the price of our Savior's blood. You are not your own. If we claim the name of Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior, then we need to go forward from this place with a determined, a purposed, a prayer-filled heart to be all in with Christ. Amen? Pastor, would you close the service? Well, that sounds like a pretty good uh, slogan for the year of 2024. All in. All in for Jesus. Amen? So think about that. Connie. Do you have a special prayer for Lori Tall? What happened? Okay, yeah, because she's been going through some health issues. Yeah, we can definitely do that. All right, let's bow. Father, we thank you for this time that we could be together today. And Lord, we do think of those who are not feeling well in our midst, those who are sick in our midst. We certainly lift up our mallow, continue to pray that you guide and direct, give the doctors the wisdom and the discernment, family and friends, also the, the discernment that they need. And Lord, may she continue to be strong in her passion and her love for you and, and to seek each and every opportunity to be able to share why she has that peace that passes understanding. And Lord, we also think of Lori today, and the Lord knowing that she's been going through some physical issues, and do ask and pray, as uh, Lord, she's been uh, such a faithful individual, and Lord, uh, a very giving of her time, and the giving of her passions, and so Lord, we just pray that you guide and direct, and uh, Lord, if the doctors haven't figured it out, then we do ask and pray that Lord, you provide the healing and the uh, strength that she needs, and that Lord, she'll continue to use uh, this adversity in her life as a means by which to be able to share the gospel with others that she'll be brought into contact with than otherwise she might have an opportunity to do. And so, Father, we do ask and pray that you'll be with Rose and Jim and meet their needs as represented there, too. Lord, we do ask and pray also that um, as we look out over this year, 2024, we can ask, answer the question, am I all in? Because, Lord, we know that sometimes uh, we have seen that money issues can be a big problem in pe people's lives. And Lord, we're asked to be obedient in that area of the tithe. And well, we can't give tithes and our offerings until we give tithes. And yet, Lord, it's a measure. It really is a measure of how much of our heart you have. Lord, you either have it all or you just have bits and pieces along the way. And Lord, that's not the way to live a Christian life with bits and pieces, but for us to, all, to be all in for Jesus Christ. And Lord, whatever fears we've had, Lord, we pray that they'll give way to a boldness to be able to live for the Lord Jesus Christ and that our motives may be as pure as that widow's were. And Lord, she was willing to do 
uh, what she needed to do to make sure that she was obedient. But Lord, she had something going for her that maybe the others didn't. That was she had an outright trust. She had a confidence that if she was be obedient, that Lord, you'd take care of all her other needs. And Lord, may we march through 2024 with that in mind, that Lord, whatever it is that you may call us to do, Lord, you'll enable us, you will guide us, and Lord, you'll take care of us each and every step of the way. So Lord, may we have traveling mercies as we go our separate ways. We pray now these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So, thank you.